Welcome to the Autumn Miles Show with your host, Autumn Miles. Autumn is an author, speaker, wife, and mother. She's the founder and CEO of The Blush Network, the author of Appointed, and a premier contributor for The Blaze. Autumn's vision is to engage our culture with the bold truth of God coupled with raw faith. Now here's your host, Autumn Miles. Hello, this is Autumn with the Autumn Miles Show. How are you doing out there today? Happy Sunday. I'm so glad you guys are joining us today. We have an awesome show today. Um, I'm personally so thrilled about this show. I've kind of been waiting to do this show. Um, I... For those of you that don't know, that haven't heard my story, I'm a survivor of domestic violence, and I'm going to go into my story a little bit today, but before we do that, I would just love if you guys would reach out to us. We have been hearing from you. Thank you for reaching out to us on any social media. Y'all know we are all over it. We you got to be over it these days. You got to be all over it. Autumn Miles on Facebook, which is where I do the majority of my stuff. A lot of ministry stuff happening over on Facebook. Instagram I use because it's awesome for my personal, uh, you know, pictures of my family. A lot of Easter shots went up last week, of course, because come on, your kids in a new Easter outfit. How cute is that? I'd love for you guys to follow me over there. And, and you know, on these outlets that we have, I don't do a ton with Twitter. I don't know why. It's just not my thing. But on these different outlets, um, there are messaging options. If you want to get in touch with me or my team, I would love for you guys to do that. You can also reach me at autumnmiles.com. Um, a lot of cool stuff going on in our world uh, right now with the ministry, reaching a lot of people for Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Welcome to the show today. Um, last year, um, I had a conversation with Lifeway, uh, Lifeway Research. Um, we met and um, one of the things that that they were interested in um, is my story about domestic violence and the church. Um, we had an awesome conversation. And from that conversation, uh, we decided to partner together. I decided to commission a study with Lifeway Research about domestic violence and the church because of my backstory. Uh, you guys, I grew up in a Christian home and um, my father was a pastor, still is a pastor, planted a church several years ago. Uh, he pastored the same church for 20 plus years. Uh, the one that I grew up in, I loved, love, loved being a pastor's daughter growing up, kind of always being at church. I love that sense of community that uh, church brings. When I was in high school, started dating a guy who was not good for me. He wasn't. I knew it. I knew he wasn't. But you know what? He was cute. So, you know, when you're in high school, that's about what matters. Had a good car. And I started dating him. And it was shortly into the relationship that he started mistreating me. And um, from that relationship, a lot of things, a lot of things happen. You know, when you're young, if you're not living for the Lord, you'd be a lot of times you become sexually active and um, that really compromised the respect level in the relationship. We dated for about three years. And one day he asked me to marry him. 
And I'll never forget that day. It was one of those days where I knew in my heart, I should not do this. Because up to that point, you know, he had cussed me out. Um, he, he he sort of looked at me and said, you know, you're fat, you're ugly, you're stupid, all of the above. He had degraded um, my sense of worth, even though I knew what the Lord said about me in his scripture, I didn't internalize it. I was worshiping this guy rather than worshiping the Lord. God was very, very, I, I was far from God. He was not far from me. I was far from God. And I remember when he asked me to marry him, I remember thinking, what are you doing? But here I stared this man in the face and accepted the proposal. We were married nine months later. And once we got married, you know, things, things change from, um, (laughs) temporary, which is a dating relationship to, I mean, it's legal. It's a legal thing. And I remember shortly after we got married, um, we had had our first altercation, you know, with, with physical abuse. I remember he lost his job and I asked him when he came in the door, what are we going to do? And that was the first time that I, I really was scared of him. Remember him throwing me around the room and, um, several different things happening during that altercation and things just kind of escalated as the marriage went on. I remember telling him, you know, we, we need God. (laughs) We need God to intervene. You need God. I brought out my Bible. And when I brought out my Bible and tried to show him what the scripture said about it, he grabbed me by each wrist and he dragged me to the back room. And we fought for a little while as he tried to lock me in the room in the house that we were living a domestic violence only escalated and, and got worse from there. And about two and a half years in the marriage, I had found the Lord in that marriage about two and a half years in the marriage. Um, I started praying, you know, Lord, you got to fix this. You got to help. You got to help. I had begun my relationship with the Lord at 3 a.m. in the morning one night. And that had just, um, became my solace. It had become my rock. I all of a sudden could face the day with my husband because I knew the Lord was watching over me. He had become the Lord of my life rather than me worshiping the man that I was married to. I remember um, my my ex-husband would leave for work and I would go into this room that, that abuse really didn't happen in very much in, in our house. And I would lay on the floor and um, just worship the Lord for hours. And I would, I would stand up and, and feel like I could conquer the world when my husband would come home and would mistreat me, um, you know, Tucked in my heart was the protection of the Lord. That went on for, like I said, about two and a half years. And I felt the Lord release me from that marriage. I knew that things were only going to get worse. 
I separated from him four times. We went to counseling. The counselor released us only for things to then escalate even worse once the counselor had released us. We took it to the, I took it to the church. I was going to file for divorce for my um, safety. Took it to the church that my dad had pastored for 20 plus years in the church what were they were unprepared for a domestic violence case and because they were unprepared for a domestic violence case they kind of scrambled they didn't know what to do what do you do when the pastor's daughter steps forward and claims that her husband is abusing her what is this going to look like what does the bible say about divorce what are we going to do and you could tell and it was uh, that the elders of the church were completely scrambling i want to make a statement and say i absolutely love the church but this is an area that we have to do better in this is an area that we have to get better in, that we have to have a plan in place for, for these victims like myself. The church scrambled. They didn't know what to do, so they chose to stand on the side of me divorcing rather than holding my ex-husband accountable for his actions of abuse. It led to them bringing me before the church to church discipline me. And I ended up pulling my membership from the church for lots of personal reasons, lots of personal conversations. And I remember thinking, you know, as I sat in a room with all the elders of the church, looking at me, staring at me, asking me, why are you filing for divorce? Why are you doing this? While my, my husband sat silently because he knew what secretly had happened behind closed doors. I remember thinking in that moment as I sort of faced this entourage of of men who I had babysat their kids, they had babysat me, they were family to me looking at these men in the in the face and having to say, "Listen, Jesus came to set the captives free." And right now as I was just thinking as they were kind of firing at me with all of these accusations, And even telling me, you know, God is never going to use you if you do this. The Lord spoke so clearly to my spirit and said, I came to set the captors free. I use those that have messed up. And I want to say very publicly, I do not condone divorce. This is not a show where I'm going to say, go out and divorce someone because the Lord is very clear that he hates divorce. want to be very clear that I say that. However, in the instance of abuse, we need to study the scriptures in their totality and really dig in to what God says is permissible. I left and I thought, Lord, I know you use people that screw up because, man, I had messed up. So use me, a broken vessel. And God ended up starting, um, gave me the awesome opportunity to launch my ministry in 2010. And here I sit today. But when LifeWay approached me, 
last year there was a lot of conversation going on about domestic violence victims in the church and how should the church handle domestic violence victims. And so we partnered together. Um, I commissioned the study about how do churches handle domestic violence Jesus, one of the first things that he said in his public ministry, um, he says, I came to set the captives free. And let me tell you, if you are living in a, a, a abusive marriage, abusive relationship, you are captive. You are in bondage. You know that you are, those of you that are listening. So let me just tell those um, church leaders, elders, deacons, whoever you are that is listening today, those men and women in the church are being held captive. And Jesus is the one that came to give life and give it abundantly. So when someone comes forward um, to talk and say, listen, my husband is abusing me. My wife is abusing me. Please listen to what they are saying. We have got to do better about this in our culture. How do I know? One in four women experience domestic violence in their lifetime. If your church is larger than five in your congregation, there is a good chance or a chance that one of those people is experiencing domestic violence. One in seven men experience domestic violence. And I cannot help but think that this is one of the ways that Satan has got our churches in bondage through this uh, uh, abuse of the children of God. My church was unprepared. They did not know how to handle it. And today I, I would just like to make a um, challenge to you churches out there. God bless you. Thank you for the work that you do. But as a former domestic violence victim, I am asking you to make sure you have a plan in place. When we did the study, um, when, when Lifeway went, uh, uh, went forward and did the study, we pulled a thousand churches and the results were not shocking to me. But they, they were somewhat shocking. We found that 97% of churches pulled, now this is a high number, believe that their church is a safe haven. And you know what this tells me? This tells me that our pastors are precious. This tells me that these uh, pastors that were pulled, in their heart, they, they want and they desire to be a safe haven for any victim that comes forward, 97% said, you know what? Our churches, I mean, they're going to find love here. They're going to find grace here. We're going to help them. We're going to walk them through it. But in further question, we found that out of these 97% of churches that came forward and said, yes, um, my church would definitely be considered a safe haven. 50, only 50 around that 52% of churches said, we have a plan in place. 50. And even still, something, another statistic that really I was not shocked at, but, but it is shocking. Of those, uh, of those churches that were polled, only, and get this, I want you to just pause on this statistic for a minute, only 30% of churches admitted that they had helped a domestic violence victim in the last three years. Only 30% of a thousand churches that were polled 
said that they had helped a domestic violence victim in the last three years. Now, we got to talk through these statistics just a little bit. Those churches out there that say, listen, I am a safe haven. I want to I want to push back on you a little bit. Maybe you're listening right now. And like I said, thank you for all your service. But if you would say internally, yes, of course, my church is a safe haven for domestic violence victims. I want to tell you from a former domestic violence victims perspective that a victim will not come forward unless they know for certain you are an ally. If your church does not have a plan in place to receive a victim, a victim will stand silent. If a victim comes forward and says to you, I am in a, a, a domestic violent relationship right now. My husband is abusing me. My father is abusing me. My wife is abusing me. They they, they simply won't do that unless they know that you are a sure thing. Because once a victim outs its abuser, they get in trouble when the abuser finds out. I stood silent for three years, did not tell anyone, no one. I, I'm sorry, not three years, six and a half years. I did not tell anyone. As a matter of fact, I was brainwashed and really told that I needed to protect my abuser. So these victims that are going through um, these situations of domestic violence, they are brainwashed. They are told, um, you know, your children will be hurt. Uh, they will kill themselves. They will kill their families. I mean, I've heard all sorts of things that, that these women and men have been told over the years. They simply will not come forward. If you claim to be a safe haven, you have to have a program or something in place to actually be that safe haven. I know that pastors want to help uh, these victims. 97% of them said, oh my goodness, yes, of course. But only 50% have a plan in place. With this study that came out, one of the things that I wanted to um, do was to, to, to give you a plan for your church. You can find it on autumnmiles.com. There are 10 simple steps that any church can do to prepare for a victim. Because as we're dropping down to this next statistic, only 30% of the churches that are, are polled say that they have even experienced a victim in the last three years. With statistics like one in four women experiencing domestic violence and one in seven men experience domestic violence, every church should have heard of a case more than just in the past three years. Every church should be helping these men and women find safety. I, 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 I don't even have time to talk about the repercussions that happens on the, uh, the repercussions that happen generationally through the children as children watch their moms get beat up and get verbally and, and mentally abused. And little boys are watching, little girls are watching. So church, we must be that safe haven for these people because this general rate, generationally will affect the family, which will affect the future. 10 things you can find it on my website. The first thing I would love for any 
pastor leadership to do is simply make a statement from the pulpit. Now, um, uh, one of the things that I hear about on a regular basis, because people know I'm an an advocate for domestic violence, is our church isn't talking about it. I'm just going to be real, guys. Our church doesn't talk about it. This is one of those issues where how do you even approach it? What do you do when someone comes forward? Um, do we do we counsel them to file for divorce? Do we not? You know, do we separate them? What do we do? There's 10 simple things on my website. The first one is simply pastors. God bless you. Say it from the pulpit. Domestic violence is not okay. You cannot abuse a child of God. It is unacceptable in our church. That will simply by doing that, simply by saying you cannot abuse your wife, you cannot abuse your husband. If you just would use um, a, a marriage series and talk about this issue right there and what that does um, to the family and generationally to the future, that will do several things. Number one, it will signal to the abused. I have an ally in this pastor. I have an ally in this church. Maybe I have found hope here. Maybe I can have hope if I come forward. Maybe this is the place for me to get out. Number two, it's going to signal the abuser to stop. Without even getting all up in somebody's life, pastor, you can change a life simply by saying abuse is not okay. The second thing that I would recommend is uh, simply this. Um, Have assets available, a counselor for a woman that comes forward, a counselor for the abuser, Have a list of Christian biblical counselors that these people can sit with, that they can um, they can um, get help from another one. Have a safe home, a safe zone. There are shelters everywhere that are, 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 are happy to take victims of domestic violence in and give them a safe place to provide shelter for them and for their children. There are several here in the DFW area. Simply look them up and be ready to transfer any sort of victim that comes forward to one of these places to separate the situation. Get a mentor in your church that has successfully come through domestic violence and is thriving to mentor that would be willing to mentor these men and women that come forward in this situation. There are so many things, church, that we can do to set these captives free. And it is our job, I believe, was one of the one of the one of the ways to fortify the body of Christ is to help these domestic violence victims. I commissioned this study because I simply wanted to help all the autumns in the world. I want you to know out there, if you are in autumn and you are going through abuse right now, I want you to pick up the phone, call the domestic violence hotline 1-800-799-SAFE. Pick it up. God, listen to me when I say this. God has a plan for your life. 
He has a future that is waiting for you. It is time to get out. It is time to find safety. You can get out. It took me four times of separating. The fourth time I, I left for good. It is very hard to get out and stay out, but you can do it with the strength of the Lord. So victim, I understand. I have been there. And you know what? God's power liberated not only me physically, but it also brought so much healing to my mind. I realized how many lies I had believed. I understood finally what abundant life could truly be in Christ Jesus. That is for you. Churches, I implore you, I beg you, get a plan in place for these precious victims Make yourself available to these children and to these women and to these men that desperately need you. Make a public denouncement of this awful social issue that is holding people in your church bondage. Like I said before, with numbers like one in four women and one in four men experience domestic violence in their lifetime, it is in your church. It is the person that is worshiping right beside you, right behind you, a couple rows back. They are suffering and they need the hope that is found in the freedom in Christ. I love you guys. I know this is a little bit different of a show, but I have to talk about it. I have to talk about it. Jesus came to set the captives free. I'll see you next time right here on the Autumn Mile Show. Thanks so much for listening today. The Autumn Miles program is listener supported and your donation to keep it on the air is appreciated. To make a donation, visit autumnmiles.com. And with a $100 donation or more, you'll receive an autographed copy of Autumn's book, Appointed, Your Future Starts Now. Join us next time for the Autumn Miles Show on Christian Talk Radio, The Word, 100.7 FM.